Defining moment spotlights a particular incident or case that led the writer to a career in physical therapy or confirmed why he or she became a physical therapist or physical therapist assistant. This is the account in her own words and voice of Yaffa Lieberman, PT and CEO of Prime Rehabilitation Services and Mobile Therapy Services in New Jersey. As a teenager growing up in Israel, I was grateful to my parents for supporting my desire to find a career that will help society. My mother explored the option in and around our village, looking for a profession that would honor my desire to serve and do something I would enjoy. During my senior year in high school, she connected me with a physical therapy student. As I listened with rapt attention to her description of her classes and her clinical experience and of the joy of helping patients recover from illness and injury through movement, I was hooked. It was a defining moment in my life because I knew I was destined to become a PT. At a hospital, I chose the School of Physiotherapy at a hospital affiliated with Tel Aviv University. The 10 members admission committee included PTs, nurses, and physicians. It was intimidating, but I forced myself to overcome my shyness and look into their eyes. One question they asked me was, why do you want to be a PT rather than a nurse? My reply was, a nurse must precisely follow the doctor orders. A PT has the prescription to treat, but can use her training and judgment to tailor a plan of care to the patient's individual needs and goals. To this day, I don't know where I found the courage to say that. When decades later, I read the APTA House of Delegates position on autonomous physical therapy practice, stating in part that autonomous physical therapies practice is characterized by independent, self-determined prof professional judgment within one scope of practice, consistent with the profession's code and standard and in the patient's client best interest. I thought to myself with a bit of pride, I grasped this concept even before I entered the profession. On my first day of PT school, one of my teachers said something that stuck with me. If your patient leave the session without having been challenged in such a way that he or she is tired, you have failed the session. I have taken those words to heart throughout my career. It is not a matter of no pain, no gain. Rather, while considering the need and the abilities of each individual patient, I have always pushed them as appropriate to do a little bit more than they may think it's possible in that moment. When they are successful, it builds their confidence along with their body. As I begin my career, each patient posed a new challenge for me to evaluate him or her correctly, analyze my finding thoroughly, create an optional plan of care, and then work together to ensure steady progress. It was a rule that I cherished from the start. From the beginning, I loved treating patients. In fact, I fell in love with one of them, my husband of 50 years now, 
who was under my care when we both served in the Israeli army. I thought about my patients night and day, ways that I might improve their treatment and accelerate their progress. I discussed my learning experience around the dinner table with my husband and my four children. Of course, shielding the patient's identities. One family experience comes to mind as another defining moment in my physical therapy career. Oren, my son, was three years old at the time. I was escorting him to pre-kindergarten. We were walking through a garden on stepping stone that were bordered by rocks with sharp edges. I was walking ahead of Oren with his twin sister when suddenly someone called out that my son had been injured. I turned around and I saw Oren with blood at the base of his nose. I cleaned his face and applied a small bandage. Later that day, Oren went to play as if nothing had happened. As a PT, I was concerned. The cut was minimal, but he had fallen on a sharp stone, striking the intersection of some facial bones, frontal, nasal, frontal process of the maxilla, and the lacrimal. I knew that his bones and skull were still developing. I did not voice my worries to anyone, but I remained watchful as my son grew over the course of the next several years. By the age of nine, Oren's nose was slightly upturned. It looked to me as if something held together the root of his nose, his forehead, and his eyes in a bit of vice grip. I believe this was a result of the fall six years earlier. As a physical therapist and his mother, I needed to find a solution before considering surgery while Oren was young and still growing. I took courses in myofascial release and craniosacral release. While they proved helpful with my patient, helping re release tight back muscles, treat headache and release tension in the shoulder girdle. They did not help me with Oren. But when I attend the course, Muscle Energy Technique to correct dysfunction of the pelvic region, taught by Sharon Giamato, Weisselfitch, PT, PhD, I immediately knew I had found someone who can help. During a break in the course, I told her my son had fallen when he was three, and that now at age nine, it looked as if something was pinching the base of his nose. As I demonstrate on my own nose, she said, he probably has an upper joint dent. His sternum likely is impacted as well. The falc cerebri is holding all the structure together tightly. I was stunned that someone could so deeply analyze the situation just for my description. I asked her to see Oren at her practice in Massachusetts. There, she conducted a comprehensive evaluation and sent me home with instruction on how to hold Oren's head while conducting movement exercise. I did as instructed. I applied muscle energy combined with craniosacral release. Oren was relaxed as I worked with him. It was easy to do. 
we repeated the procedure several times over the course of the next several weeks. For some times after that, I asked my son daily if he detected any changes in his appearance. Although I knew the process would be gradual and perhaps visual imperceptible. He kept saying no and got tired of my asking, so I stopped. About a year later, I asked Oren again. To my great shock, my quite 10 years old child volunteered. My nose was open since those treatment and I can breathe better now. I never have to breathe with my mouth open again. I'd never known that Oren was having difficulty breathing. My only concern had been aesthetics. In that moment, I knew I had not only prevented a possible surgery for my son, but I'd help his nose grow to good composition and allow him to breathe easier. Owen is now a CNN Pentagon correspondent. He was diagnosed with type one diabetes at age 31 while circling the world and wrote the Insulin Express an inspiring book describing his travel while managing the disease. This was a testament to the power of physical therapy and the maternal validation of the wisdom of my decision to become a PT 55 years ago. Can there be a greater happiness? APT podcasts like this one are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify, or by visiting apta.org slash podcasts.